Okay, gonna pray. Holy Spirit, I just thank you. Lord, we just wanna hear from heaven. We want keys from heaven. We just thank you right now that there is power in the name of Jesus, in the blood of Jesus. Well, I think there's power in the spoken Word of God. I just thank you this morning for wisdom keys. I just thank you right now coming into this season. Coming into this season, I just thank you, Lord, not only equip, equipping us, uh, instructing us, but also empowering us. I just thank you for this season that you're opening up. Holy Ghost, we just welcome you. Nothing happens unless you quicken it. Nothing happens unless you open eyes. Nothing happens unless your presence come. And we thank you that it is the anointing that destroys the yoke. In Jesus' name, Amen. <clears throat> okay. Yeah, look, it's, uh, um, it's very interesting because, uh, I mean, I, I found it hard just to get from the house to the car this morning. And, uh, you know, it, it's raining pretty hard. And, uh, you know, for all the men out there who've got a bit of a guilty conscience that they really didn't clean their gutters when their wife told them to. <laughs> and I can tell there's a lot of them because at the moment we've got a number of water features all around the perimeter of our roof. <coughs> Mind you, we live under a forest pretty much, so you know, um, there's a fair bit to do. But um, I just, I, I think that, I think that the, uh, um, there is something um, in the atmosphere, in, in the spirit, in, in a lot of ways. And, and I think God's equipping us to go quite, quite high in the spirit in this season. I really, really do. Got a new government. Uh, you know, there'll be a little bit of honeymoon period, but uh, um, there, there's a lot of things moving. And um, I feel uh, 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 the, 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 I feel that God, we're, we're gonna see amazing things in this season. I really, really do believe there's a spirit of revival in the worship. There's a spirit. And I, what I wanna do is I wanna talk about hidden wisdom. But firstly, is that at the moment, I just wanna address some stuff. There's, there, there, there's a lot of things you've got. Someone was telling me uh, that, you know, uh, uh, um, a cos lettuce usually is about 99 cents, you know, and they're up to five, six dollars, 12, with the bidet in New South Wales. Okay, okay. All the people watching from New South Wales, sorry, we've closed all applications for the internship. Um, <laughs> and wow, that is crazy. Okay, I suppose we're just gonna go all we'll go on carnivore. Anyway, and so, um, there, there, there's a lot of things happening that, you know, from talks of interest rate rises to all sorts of, everything, everything's going a little bit nuts at the moment. You've got uh, so many things happening in government, so many happening local and, you know, uh, um, and so I suppose it's pretty clever. You go, oh gosh, we're in global warming. And oh, I saw something really funny the other day. There was someone, you know, a, a young person, I have to qualify that. And they were talking about, you know, with the global warming, they actually thought that the giant, um, uh, uh, wind farms, they actually thought they were giant fans to cool down the, the, the planet, all right? <laughs> they had to be corrected. So, isn't that to cool down, <laughs> cool down the planet? And so obviously the science wasn't settled, the data wasn't in, and so they went from, from global warming to climate change. So any, any adverse re uh, event, we're going into uh, hyper-confirmation bias because there's a, there's a set narrative. So... There's a lot of things happening that potentially, and this is, this, is, this is what we're gonna go after something in the spirit, is because there is a level of uncertainty, level of pressure. And, and, and you know what, Jesus says, you're gonna have pressure in the world, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 
It means we've overcome the world. And I wanna talk about what that actually looks like as opposed to some sort of like religious disassociation. I, I, you know, when we get it right, it's quite interesting because so many different things in the Bible actually tie together to say the same things from the heavenly dimensions. So when we get some basic principles right, not only do we see revival, we overcome in our own life. We see our scrolls, our, our destiny books manifest. We see, we see the Lord supply all of our needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But there's actually, we have to make sure that at, in this season of convergence, we don't get overtaken by anxiety. And this is really important because when I study psychology, is that most people have a, they call it inner talk, inner dialogue. And a lot of people, their inner dialogue is based on fear, uncertainty and anxiety. It's like drinking poison. It really, really is. And it's important, why is this a big deal? Well, I just, I'm a bit of a worry, what's the big deal? It will keep people out of the glory. Worrying and anxiety will shut people out. And this is why we have to understand why it has to be dealt with. And um, I wanna start with, uh, oh yes, and, and, and also too, the other thing is the energy crisis. And you go, well, at the moment, you know, you've got the price of gas, you've got uh, what's happening. I mean, there's, there's so many, I don't, I don't have to bang on about it, but we've had traditionally here for a number of years, fair bit of price gouging in, in South Australia with electricity, but then the price of gas is going up and different things. But I'll tell you what right now, Whatever is external is important. No matter what comes that's, that, that, that manifests externally can easily be overcome in Jesus. Everything external can be overcome. Don't worry about the gas prices. Don't worry about inflation. Don't worry about a media that lies, misrepresents. Don't worry about government, fill in the blank. All of those different things is that there is an inner world that we are called to steward first. And so, <clears throat> and so when, we, when we actually build correctly in the spirit on the inside of us, all of those things, but the energy crisis is that, you know, if people with young families, people who are, who are uh, uh, even retired, people who are working full-time, part-time, changing, all those things, there's a potential you go, my goodness, you know, the, the, if, if you're in the workforce per se, I mean, some people are, are self-employed, but if you're in the workforce per se, you're probably, gonna, if you, you're probably gonna spend more time with those people that you work with than your own family. And so that's, and, but then on top of that, you've got to then have enough emotional energy for your primary relationships, but then you've got to overcome in Christ. That's the energy crisis. You overcome that energy crisis and everything else can be overcome and especially when people hit anxiety, anxiety starts to, you know, there are a thing called, there are uh, uh, adrenals, adrenal glands, and people can get fatigued. And, and I've been in a place where uh, just, just you, you, you can't be up all the time. You know, we've got to be careful because today I want to talk about, I want to talk about the, the, the realm of the spirit, but even the realm of revival, I've had a, a number of encounters but you can't engage revival from a place of natural energy and unsustainable mania. It has to be in the Holy Ghost. So don't get me wrong, worshipping, sing, shout, clap your hands, make a joyful noise to the Lord, worship, praising, that's all part of it, don't get me wrong. 
But, but the, the unsustainable soulish mania, everything's white knuckle and intense and all that, it's just not sustainable. Why? Because I've started that movie. I have started. We, got to do, we, we need to understand how to get in the limitless power source, the waterfalls of God, the ancient wells, the open heavens, the angels ascending and descending. Who could do with some more energy? Seriously. Because we want to, we want to, because you, like I said, I think that I, I, my, I have a chat to my dad quite often. And I go, Dad, it's a bit different to back in your day. You could, you could, uh, uh, um, Mum didn't work for a while. My mother didn't work for a while. And you could have paid off a house with not a big deposit. You could have one wage, maintaining the house and pay off a mortgage in seven years. In seven years, right? You could just leave school and just walk into whatever job you wanted. Now you've got to be flipping Einstein. And you could got these people that go, I'm just going to, I'm going to do uni. I'm going to do this, this, this and this. You know what? If you don't tap into the wisdom of the Holy Ghost, you could, you are in danger of becoming a barren, educated nitwit. <laughs> because a lot of people, no, seriously. So we need to, we, the times have changed. And now we need to, we need God's energy and God's grace like never before. So what I wanna, I wanna start with, with something that before we even run, we've got to identify the enemy. Now, number one, we need to know Satan's defeated. He's defeated, okay? And, and because the spirit world is a shape-shifting world. Mary said something powerful. She said, my soul magnifies the Lord. But we can make things bigger than what they are. We can take grasshoppers and turn them into mountains. It says the lazy person says, there's a lion outside, I can't go outside. They've magnified nothing. We've got to make sure. So we, can we start with Psalm 37, please? Cease from anger and forsake wrath. Do not fret. It only causes harm. Don't fret. Now, you don't need a word of knowledge over many people because you just have to hear what comes out their mouth. Is that if, if, if it, this is the problem, this is the problem, you know, because we're very involved in government and just chatting at the back uh, um, with someone, if in the Holy Spirit, the church is meant to have an influence on government, we can't just be protesting all the time. Now, don't get me wrong. If, if you're a Protestant, you have a heritage of protesting. <laughs> but we gotta go further than that. We have to go further than that. We have to be, we have to bring solution to the table because God already always has the solution before we even know there's a problem. It's very, very important. And so what we tend to do is we tend to talk about the problem all the time and not go, okay, Lord. When we, now it does say things like, we're not ignorant of Satan's devices. And there's a place prophetically where Elisha knew the plans of the enemy. There's a, there's a place for that, but we don't magnify it. And so it says, don't fret, it only causes harm. What it does, it starts to poison until it cripples. You know, you're talking to someone who, and you've heard it, you know, back in my 20s, I, um, I, I, was full, I had a fair bit of anxiety, probably depression, undiagnosed. Too embarrassed to go to see someone about it. Just because you haven't you had been diagnosed formally doesn't mean it's not happening. But on my days off, I could barely get out of the room, barely. And I would, I would like, even to go back, back then there were these things called, so kids, listen to this. Back then, there were these things called videos. 
video players. And you couldn't just go from spot to spot. Oh, I missed it. Go back. Missed it again. That's it. 20 minutes just to find the spot you missed. All right, so. And I would go and get, I would, I would go to, to the, this place, this place, this is like an ancient temple. It was called uh, Video Easy. And anyway, ancient temple, you know, ancient aliens, uh, mega megalithic structures. Um, and I'd go there and then I'd load up on my days off and I'd go, I've got to go and pay a bill. And what would happen is I really don't want to leave the house. <laughs> and <laughs> I actually remember, I just didn't want, I, I, I just, because I, I was riddled with anxiety. Anxiety cripples you. I remember someone, I was actually watching this movie, very, very edifying movie called The Godfather. And basically, so I'm sitting there, I wasn't in the Lord, all right? So I'm sitting there and I'm like, and this, the, the phone rings. And back then you didn't know who it was. So you just pick it up like this. And it's sort of like, hello? And like, they're like, hi, Tyler. Yeah, nah, this is someone I hadn't spoken to. They, hadn't, they were ringing from Queensland. Didn't say Back then you hear this, right? Okay, memories. Anyway, so, so basically is that, uh, it was like, hey, Todd, how you going? Like this. I went, yeah, hang on, look, I, I can't talk now. I'm actually in the middle of something. Or I gotta go, bang, back to the Godfather. Hmm. Like, we're talking like it cripples you. You meditate on what could be until nothing takes place. And people get overwhelmed and defeated and they're still doing nothing. Do not fret, it only causes harm. And don't, don't even tolerate it. And, and again, I've, I've said this before, but I remember we were, we were driving down to, to Melbourne and uh, uh, wow, this would be 10 years ago plus. And I'm, we're driving down. I heard the Lord say to me, Todd, fear is the big one. You beat fear, you win. Fear is massive. It's, it, it's, it manifests in so many different ways. You know, apathy, is, it, the, the root of it is fear. Procrastination, anxiety, phobia, crippling worry, all the same roots. So we have to, we have to acknowledge that worrying, even culturally, people get, you know, this, this is my culture. I have to worry about this, fine. Have a psychosomatic manifestation. We actually have to, we have to know that this is the enemy because the enemy otherwise is external. All he can do is fire off fiery darts. But if we start to meditate and own it, next thing you know, our inner world is that we're actually, we're actually defeated. And I feel I wanna address some of these things as I believe that we're gonna see amazing outpouring. Uh, I mean, again, I'm just, I, I, I just sort of like, you know, I've got, I've got two children, but now I've got three. The third one is a building up north somewhere. And, and I, I just sometimes I just, you know, I look at the, you got the oh, Max, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Nikki. <laughs> oh, look at the building, yeah. <laughs> and uh, and, it, and it's, I, I'm just blown away with what the Lord's doing. And for me, it's a, it's a sure sign that God wants to outpour His Spirit. He actually wants to open up ancient wells. He wants young people to be quickened and come alive. He doesn't want them to, to grow up under the shadow of governmental uncertainty, economic uncertainty. He wants young people to be so quickened that they are the head and not the tail and God will raise them up as the best and the brightest, just like Daniel's, just like Daniel. Can someone agree in Jesus' Name? Can someone say Amen? 
because I've seen it. And so one of the things is that um, there, God lamented through Hosea, He said, my people have a zeal without knowledge. There's a place we need knowledge. And so again, you know, uh, uh, um, we, uh, there was that, that was great prophetic tag there about we want God to break out of the building. You know, we can't live in meetings per se. We need to see God break out in the streets and the highways, the byways, the coffee shops, the parks, the businesses. We need to see God break out everywhere. And that's, that, that's, that, that actually comes with a level of knowledge that we're gonna talk about. And so um, I wanna, the, 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 this is this morning, I'm going to explain a paradox and this paradox, we're going to uh, 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 see un, unpacked, I think, in the next few weeks. But it's a paradox. And this is what I love. It's a secret from heaven that's not hidden from you. It's hidden for you. Can we put up uh, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.7? It's a paradox. It seems contradictory. <clears throat> 1 Corinthians 2.7, I think. But we, this is Paul to the church of Corinth. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery, mysterion, Christ in you, the hope of glory. We speak the wisdom of God in a, in a mystery, the hidden wisdom, which God ordained before the ages for our glory. So God's, there's a wisdom that's hidden for you to overcome. I don't think, what I wanna talk about this morning embraces the spirit of revival, the spirit of quickening, the spirit of glory, the spirit of wisdom, the spirit of prosperity, soul winning, uh, 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 the great commission. I wanna talk about uh, the phenomena, but it's gonna be paradoxical, okay? In other words, it's seemingly going to contradict, but remember, the wisdom of God is the foolishness, uh, uh, it's foolishness to man. Now this, we're gonna go into, we. Now, I must admit, like, I am having a whole new level of love for the Word of God. It actually says in, in, in Hebrews, it says, and, and they've tasted of the good Word of God. They've tasted the power of the Word of God. You can't, uh, uh, you, you can't ingest, digest, meditate on the Word too much. You just cannot. You know what happens? It starts to become assimilated and it says we are partakers of the divine nature through the knowledge of Him and His precious promises. I want you to catch today that, 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 that God has already provided the means and the vehicle, hidden it in plain sight for us to completely come into everything we're destined to be. But we actually glaze over because we tend to be, we tend to be consumers and we don't understand that the Word of God is always prescriptive. It's always prescriptive. In other words, you hear it and do it, hear it and do it, hear it and do it. You don't go hear a good word or hear hidden wisdom or go to a conference and go, yeah, and then just get on with your life. It is of no use unless we apply it. So this is a passage of Scripture. I literally, I've, I probably, you probably need to pray for my kids. They hear every time I get in the, they get in the car, I have it playing at home. I've listened to it on a loop. I can't get off of this loop. God says, I want you to catch it in your spirit and hidden in this passage of Scripture, it is a one-stop shop of, of, of everything you need to know. I'm literally going, that's a big, are we talking Romans 8? We're actually not. If we can put it up, please. If we can put, we're just gonna read two, uh, first two verses. <clears throat> 
Therefore, since the promise remains of entering God's rest, let us fear lest any of you seem to have come short of it. For indeed the gospel was preached to us as it was to the Israelites in Egypt or the Israelites in the wilderness. But the word which they heard did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in those who heard it. Now, we know about this passage of Scripture about the rest of the Lord. Well, yes, it's the day of the Lord. It's having a day off a week. It's the re- is it really? We need to see it from heaven's perspective. Is this having it about having a day off a week? And so uh, you got, you, you, when we think of resting, we think of not doing much. We think of clearing our schedule. We think of resting. We think of relaxing. We would see all those as as synonyms. And this is not what it's talking about. It is not talking about it. And so so we know that, that, and I'll talk about this in in a moment, we know we need a day off a week. You you can't work seven days a week, you know, you'll you'll, you'll burn out, et cetera. But it's like, you know, and people go, people go, you know, we, you need to have rest. I remember like this this year, and I've I've shared this with a, a bunch of people, obviously through the preach, etc. But this year was the most warfare I've ever had around a holiday. This like in January, and I came back exhausted. But you went on holiday. How was your holiday? And I'd be like, I wasn't happy. I came back worse. Is that possible? I ate what I wanted, did what I wanted, relaxed, slept in, went for you know whatever. I came back exhausted. But then what happened is that I spent three days when I got back going, great, great. We're in some of the most strategic, significant times in history and here I am, absolutely jats cracked. all right? I'm exhausted. <laughs> Can't help the euphemisms. Anyway, so, so basically, I'm like, I, I, you know what I did? Played worship music and I waited on God and rested. I, just, I, I, I soaked for three days and I went, oh my gosh, I feel like I've come back from Hawaii. I feel amazing. So God started to speak to me. So, so you get people, they go, they go, you know, you need to have a day off. Okay, let's tell that to people with newborn babies. <laughs> newborn babies and toddlers. And you go, you know, <laughs> like this. And it's like, and it's sort of like, don't you understand? I need time out. How come you poop your pants again? What about people with big families? Where's the rest? You got it's sort of like it is just, we're talking about organised chaos. Good luck keeping the Holy Spirit on top of that all the time. You know, I remember sort of like, Rachel and I, we're going on a holiday. And sort of like Max was just like, a, 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 a not quite a newborn, probably one, one and a half, something like that. And then sort of like, <clears throat> one of the, is I'm better at seeing things in the future. Uh, my, my wife's really, really good at detail and all that sort of stuff. So she, when she books a holiday, she somehow goes to a place where there's sort of elevator music and it's airbrushed and she sees the optimum weather conditions and she sees all the, all the ducks in a row and then she books it like this. And so we go to this place and it's sort of like, we're gonna rest. And we've got, we've got a son with us, he's 18 months old. And it's sort of like, yeah, you've got the spa there, we've got the bed, fantastic, we'll put me out like this. Well, Max was crazy sick. And his, it wasn't just a teething thing, red cheeks. He had a temperature and 
And all of a sudden it's like, it's like, uh, 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 he, you know, but we're here for a rest, Max, you can't be sick. And so here with Rachel, well, I sort of like, like I sat on, a one, on this one seat, I'm enjoying my rest, Lord. Then we changed place, we gotta go to another place. We got to another place. I'm going like this, I'm going, this is really nice. I'm like, like beautiful green grass in front. I'm just sitting on the grass like this. And the lady goes, make sure you don't sit on the grass. I said, why? There's a septic tank underneath, ah! like this. And so, gee, this is so green. You know, and you go, okay, so we're gonna get it differently this time. Max will sleep in my room, Rachel will get the, you know, like this. And yeah, what is it about babies? You sort of like, da, 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 you change the nappy, da, da, wrap them up, da, 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 da. Good night, sweet prince. Flick the light. <laughs> Second, you put them down. This is in the room, I've just fallen asleep, deep sleep. And all of a sudden, I am in a Dutch oven from hell. <laughs> I'm sort of like, <laughs> like this. And nothing wakes you up than changing a nappy so your child doesn't get third degree burns, all right? <coughs> so yes, we need a rest. <laughs> yeah, it is what it is. You know, so I was just talking to a friend, sort of like, they're, they're probably not watching, so I can talk about it. The, friend, the wife's like, we're gonna, we're gonna book a holiday, it's gonna be a mic saying, like this, and they've got a newborn like this, big bucks, resort like this, like this. Baby keeps waking up crying like this, and he goes, we just went, changed locations and just spent a lot more money. So, so, so we have this airbrushed idea of what rest is, taking time out, having holidays, all of that. And now, those things in the natural, we need, but then in and of themselves are inadequate. The Lord's talking about a rest that's not just taking time out because what happens is the, 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 the Jews were so like, the Sabbath, the Sabbath. Jesus is like in a room full of Pharisees. There's a guy with a withered arm and they're trying to catch Jesus. This is how messed up they were. And he, he's getting corporate word of knowledge and they're going, I wonder if he's gonna do a miracle on the Sabbath. And he said, you know what? He says, man wasn't created for the Sabbath, but the Sabbath for man. And he said, stretch forth your hand, creative miracle. And he was grieved because they started to build in the natural way above what God originally intended. So we're talking about, this is a supernatural passage of Scripture. I was just saying that, that, that uh, 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 to someone earlier in regards to like, like again, for, who's, who's, who's either got, who's got kids? Who's got kids? Who's got kids? Okay, yeah, 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 there we go. And so um, uh, Rachel would be at the law firm. I'd be looking after the kids or working from home or whatever. And it's like, we, I've got to rest. And I'd be like, I remember, this is a special woman, the Dame Roma Mitchell Centre. And you go, look, kids, 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 I, Dad needs to rest. I'm not well. And, <coughs> you know. Thank you. I said, kids, kids, listen, Dad's not well. Just, just I'm going to be asleep for a while. Just be good. So I'd sleep in the middle of the house like this. And so, because dad needs to rest. And you know what? There's something about kids. They're like dogs that can smell fear. <coughs> They're like sharks that can smell blood. <coughs> Hello. Oh, I'm misbehaving tonight. <laughs> Next thing you hear this, it's like gremlins. Someone gave them water after midnight, you know. 
and you know, I, you know, wake up sort of like this, and there's naked drawn on the walls, and there's fights, there's stuff everywhere, and sort of like, don't they under, need to understand? I'm gonna rest. Or when you got a real, real young kid like this, and you're in deep sleep, and you get that, you get that breath on you. <laughs> you know, they scoot across the couch. You know, like this, and like. <laughs> And you're thinking, uh-oh, stalker. And it's a little new, like a little kick, <laughs> that baby breath, you know. <laughs> Don't they understand we need a rest? <laughs> and so, <laughs> or what's worse, when they jump on you when you're asleep? Yeah, exactly. You know, it depends where they do jump. <laughs> because if they jump in the wrong place, you will scream that would set off car alarms and make dogs bark. <laughs> but you need a rest. This is actually not taking off a day a week. It goes way deeper than that. And that's what I want to explain to you. I'll just have a day off. Some of our days off, we need to have them, but sometimes there's warfare in those days. You go, I need to have a day off. And I've been to resorts, beautiful resorts around the world. And, 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 and I go to sleep at night. I go in the spirit to the swimming pool areas. The spirits everywhere. I'm going, where can I rest? You know, Lord, speak to me. So what happens is this. Is, oh yes, and we do need a day off. Because I learned this the hard way, oh my gosh, uh, 20 years ago. I would, I was a worship director, youth pastor, and yet I was, uh, I was moonlighting as a professional tennis coach. And so basically, is that I would be, I would between services, I would drive to the other side of town and I'd do tennis coaching. And I was making good money. And I'm like, yeah, come on, because I'm trying to save and whatnot. And so then I'd go back to church at night, lead the service, and I do this every week. And I'm like, oh gosh, the business is booming on a Sunday. And I'd never worked on a Sunday before. Now I'm not saying, please, I'm not saying Sunday is the Lord's day. I'm not saying that. Uh, we do need a day off a week. And there's a, also there's that day of worship uh, when we get together in the, the Ecclesia. We start to worship and see the benefit of coming together, okay? But basically, I'm like, yeah, this is amazing. And then what happened? I probably for two months, I worked seven days a week. And I was young and fit. And then I got, I got struck down with infirmity. And literally I was sick and unable to work for the exact period of time that I hadn't had a day off. I literally lost all the money to the, to the dollar that I had acquired on the day I should have had off. And the Lord said, you can't do it. You can't do seven, you actually have to rest. So there is a place you need to rest. You have to. However, this is not what this passage of scripture is talking about. So the word rest, actually it's really unique because it's, it's actually all, this, this one word is all through Hebrews 3 and 4 and almost nowhere else in the whole of Scripture. We think reclining, relaxing, being still, not doing much. No, it's way deeper than that. It's only one other place, one other place where it's mentioned. If we can put up Acts chapter 7, verses 47 to 49. <clears throat> but Solomon built him a house. <laughs> However, the Most High does not dwell in temples made with hands, as the prophet says. Heaven is my throne and earth is my footstool. What house will you build for me, says the Lord, or what is the place of my rest? The rest of God actually means the abode of God, where God is. So we must enter where God is, but it's translated as rest. We think time off will recharge our batteries. It will only recharge our batteries to the degree that the Holy Spirit quickens us. Otherwise, we are subject, we are subject to biological realities, second law of thermodynamics, entropy, winding down, 
etc. And he says, he says, they must enter my rest, which actually means they must enter my abode, but it's actually, actually characterised by a sense of rest. With all the things happening, the pressure, the uncertainty, um, you, I mean, there's not a week that doesn't go by, there's something newsworthy that's on a global scale. It's incredible. You know, it just, from shootings and new legislation and international bureaucracies meeting and changing of governments, wars. It's, it, we're talking like, every, it's a constant zip file and the Lord says, I am calling you, I'm inviting you to enter my rest. I'm calling you to enter my abode. But what about revival? I'll, I'll get to that because this actually covers the whole gamut of things. So here we go. B, all right, can we put up uh, Hebrews 4.3, please? This is important. So it goes into, into more detail. Now we're gonna unpack this for a few weeks because it's, it's profound. For we who have believed do enter that rest. But as God said, so I swore in my wrath, they shall not enter my rest. He's talking about within the context of the Israelites. Did you know that, and just keep that up, please. Did you know, like, we're talking, we're talking, God says, here's the deal. I'm gonna bring you to the promised land. This is what I'm gonna show you. This is what I'm gonna do. Just worship me, put me first. Pillar of cloud, pillar of fire, saw the mountain shake, saw the cloud, heard the trumpets, quail manna. I mean, we're talking like freak show. There was a convergence, but limited through a limited covenant for a limited people. And all they did was complain. God can manifest so powerfully in your life and you say what you don't have, how you don't feel, what's not going to happen and complain and unbelief will keep us out of God's rest. And God says, because they, they, they use the word murmuring. I swore in my anger, I will, they will not enter my rest. But here, here's where it gets crazy. Although the works were finished from the foundation of the world. Now, we're gonna go, we're gonna start to go into that whole quantum, spirit world, supernatural. We think that the rest is having a day off, the natural thing of just laying a hold of, oh, I've got to rest more and, you know, it's the Sabbath and having it. No, 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 no. All those things were foreshadowing coming into the abode of God, which actually manifests a sense of rest. Why? Did you know, according to that, God had already, it says here, you don't have to put it up. It says that His works or all the works were finished before the foundation of the world. You know that everything was God was going to do, He already did. And it says those who've entered God's rest, right, also rest from their own labours or toil. So everything, this is why we need the prophetic, but we're gonna go, we're gonna go on a different tack today is that we need to know that there's a place of rest where you can actually function from God's abode, limitless energy. Now, we're talking mastery of time because this is what He's called us to do. You can't do it being frantic. It's a paradox. <laughs> and trust me, I wouldn't be preaching on this if we hadn't touched this to a, to a degree where God says, I'll give you energy. I will, I, not only that, if you're in my rest, at the end of doing so much in me, you'll have more energy. 
You go, it's not logical. Because it's not, because it's the abode of God. The abode of God is not logical. So we know that everything you're called to do has already been decided and already done. We've just got to choose to enter into His rest. All the things you need to do are in His rest and from His rest, you actually do those works. So let's put up this one, Ephesians 2.10. By the mouth of two or three witnesses, everything's established. Let's put a couple of Scriptures up here, very well known. For we are His poema, we're God's workmanship. We're created in Christ Jesus for good works. When, what, is this just gonna unfold or we're just gonna make it up as we go along? No, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk, walk in them. So everything you're meant to do has already been written down. And if you tap into that place where they're written down, you'll enter His rest, His abode and not burn out. So the priority is actually what it is to access His rest. The place of God's rest is the spirit world of heaven. It's outside of time. There's no past, present or future like we understand it. It is a perfect present continual tense. It's called eternal life. This is amazing because in Hebrews, they're saying we can access this now. And he says, access it today. You don't have to. If you're not believing, you don't enter it. But if you believe, you enter it. But you need to know it exists. Can someone say amen? So it's the, it's the realm of the Spirit, it's the Kingdom of Heaven, an eternal, perpetual, continual now, where there's no past, uh, where there's no past, present or future, but you still can redeem the past. And you still can make sure the future is secure. But the just shall live in faith, by faith, in rest, in the Spirit, today. This is what we're called to do. Now, what I'm telling you to the natural mind is abstract. So we've got to allow for the Word of God to actually go in and do whatever it needs to do. These are not my words, these are the words of God. So you could, you could actually be in crazy trials or, or, or pressure. You could be in war. You can be in economic collapse. You could be, and you are in God's rest and you actually have a eternal supply of the Spirit. And I mean like a supply of everything. And my God should supply all your needs according to His riches and glory in Christ Jesus. The enemy isn't the economy. The enemy isn't the government. The enemy isn't the demonic. The enemy is anxiety and fear because that'll keep you out of the rest of God because it's actually not about relaxing and chilling. It's about His abode. And so this is this, I've had the, 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 the so the, the, think that it's language that has to be relevant for 2000 years. So there's no time, it's a perpetual now, but it's perfect. God's not getting smarter, not more powerful. His plans aren't evolving as He's working out more stuff. He says, I'm the Lord, Lord, I change not. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today and forever. The Lord God Almighty, who, who is, who was and is to come. Surely I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. And you go, oh my gosh. So we're worried about the future generating anxiety. And God's saying, you can't even change anything with your worry. But seek first the kingdom of heaven now and His righteousness and all these things will be added. We're called to go in. We're called to go in, into the now. We put it off one day. No, 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 no. That's not what the Bible teaches. It says the Bible, uh, the Bible teaches the just shall live by faith. Are you, 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 you uh, are tracking with me at the moment? We're good? Okay. So 
One of the things the Lord said to me, He said, it's a superior realm. Superior, so superior. So even little children who tap into that place can rule and reign. We've all heard of revivals in orphanages. We've heard there was a revival recently in India where it was run by a child. You've got Roland Baker's father, uh, the, 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 the orphanage in Agilum, I think, I can't remember, I can't remember. Uh, uh, um, uh, I think it was India, Nepal, Tibet, or region, I can't remember. But basically they're going in and out of heaven and when you're in that superior place, you just have to speak things from that superior place and it happens. That's how Joshua commanded the sun to stand still. That's how Isaiah, see these guys access the place. They access the place. He command, the sundial will go back to its 10 degrees. Moses knew that place. See, everything is subject to that place. It's the place of His rest. This place is where Jesus slept in the boat when the storm was happening. This place is where Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego was not even stressed, but they met the fourth man in the fiery furnace. Even the people that threw them into the furnace perished, but they met one that looks like the Son of God. This, is, this, is, this, this place of rest where God commanded the, the lions to go on a Daniel fast. And then Daniel goes into that place. See, the, and, and the, the, the angel shut the mouths. <laughs> you know, Daniel, are you still with us? He goes, oh King, live forever. <laughs> I'd be going, why'd you chuck me down here, you unbeliever? Anyway, so, but Laura the Medes and the Persians, you know how it works. Anyway, man of God swears to his own hurt. So, um, so I want you to earnestly desire to live in God's rest. The Lord is inviting us. It actually says, and I'm not going to, this is, this is I wanna just go into the, uh, just a bit of dynamics for a second, right? But I, I, I don't, this is not exhaustive of this. This chapter is so rich, it's so dense. But it's a timeless dimension, it's real. It says, uh, Ephesians 5, 16, this is a weird one, okay? I wanna explain something. It says, redeeming the time, have we got that up there? Redeeming the time for the days of evil. Redeeming the time for the days of evil. So days of evil? Time is evil? Because you've got to buy it back. What does that even mean? Like, 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 you know, is, is, is time evil to someone, a baby, as it is to a despot? What, time, like, like, and I want to draw a parallel. You know that saying, time is money. Let's just talk about money for a minute. Money's a substance. Money's not evil. Money's a substance. Money money's a, is a substance that, that involves transactions. And those transactions are made through decisions, good or, good or bad, and quite often a lot of affection. You're made in the image of God. And so you have the power to create. So you got th something that's money, it's neutral, it's just paper. Now we have fiat money. It represents a promise. The more they print of it, called uh, quantitative easing, the less it's worth. Uh, the price of lettuce and stuff is not going up. The price of money is becoming less and less. The value of money, it's a promise. So obviously governments are breaking their promise. So what, we're, what we got with the quantitative easing is, is, is that money's not good or bad. It's completely neutral. But what happens, it says, People go, money's the root of all evil. No, total misquote. It says the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And so you're going, oh wow, all right. So when we actually attach a value to it that's covetous, greed, poverty, dark, the love of money creates an evil substance. 
but money itself is not evil. Okay? I've lived in lack and I've lived with abundance. And when you're in lack, you tend to focus on the lack. I tell you what, I'll go for abundance anytime. Okay? We don't preach prosperity gospel here, but I'll tell you what, it's all through the scripture. All through scripture. Australians aren't ready for that yet. Sort of like tall poppy syndrome needs to be healed of much. The big thing the enemy is trying to hit people with is orphan spirit because the answer is sons of God. You know, because when you got orphan spirit, you go, I'm in this on my own. God, where are you? Like this. And Jesus says, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'll be with you to the end of the age. But I don't feel it. Orphan spirit. I've got to fix this on my own. No, you don't. You have to come into my rest. You have to lean into me and my rest. But I went to a conference and nothing changed. You weren't diligent. God is a reward of those who diligently seek Him. You have to live in a place. If if that God's abode, you don't hang out in holidays and weekends. You live there. And we're coming into a time in history, we need to live in God's abode, enter His rest. And so time is the same as money. It's a substance. But you know what happens? As soon as people start, there's something about that. This is what we've got to do. There is a narrative being peddled, it's a lie. It's a lie about people, identity, sexuality, climate, the earth, renewables, technology. There are lies after lies after lies. And what happens, it starts to influence time and the time becomes evil and people get caught up in hopelessness and people get overwhelmed. Men's hearts will fail from fear. They get, <clears throat> the goalposts are shifting daily all the time because people have, have put a value on the time and they've imparted what's in their heart and they've turned that from something that's neutral to an attribute of darkness. And we are called to redeem the time. How do we redeem the time in Jesus' Name? We enter His rest in the timeless dimension of the Spirit and speak from that dimension in Christ to actually change and redeem time. Can someone say Amen? Amen. We're not just gonna fail, 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 and then we're gonna get rescued. Jesus said, go into all the world and make disciples of the nations. So we're called to redeem the time. Now, what we're gonna do is that I wanna do a little bit of a quick a quick how-to because one of the big things that the demonic does goes, you're running out of time, you're running out of time. You know when someone, you know when you get this sense of, oh, oh, I've, got to, I've got to do this, otherwise, da-da. it's nearly never God. When God says, please, I've asked you to do this, there's still a calmness about it. If you've been procrastinating and disobedient, right? See the enemy, he just go, don't do this, don't do this. And all of a sudden you put something off and it gets, the grasshopper turns into a mountain and you feel condemnation. Been there, done that, started that moving. But when you, but when the Lord says, hey, I've asked you to do this, there's still, when your, when your Father in the Name of Jesus speaks to your spirit through the Holy Ghost, it still produces life and rest. We're running out of time. That's always the enemy. Kronos. Because time isn't what we think it is. There's a perceptual reality. It's not just tick tock, tick tock on a clock. You know, you look at all the days of the week and named after Roman gods, of course it's fallen. It says the little horn on a cycle pre-Christ, it says He will change times and laws. He will change seasons and legislation. Everything, whenever we go into a dark cycle that we need to redeem, you know they are gonna change legislation and times and seasons. Nothing new under the sun. How do we do it? We, we protest, we get manic activity. We're gonna just, no, 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 no. 
we enter his rest. We do it from a timeless dimension. Who loves the Word of God? <coughs> Come on. He just, he, he, says, he says, please believe I'm inviting you into this place. <coughs> so this is how you do it. Hebrews 4, 12. This, I, just, I just love this. It says, for the Word of God. So this is at the same passage of Scripture. He's talked about this, this, this perfect timeless dimension, right? And it says that they, Joshua wasn't able to lead them into rest. And even David said the word today. For the Word of God, for the Logos of God is living and powerful. Now, what I love about this is the word living in the, in the uh, King James is, means is quick. Something gets quickened. When the life of God manifests, John G. Lake talked about the lightnings of God. When you engage with a believing heart, the Word of God, life is quickened. And this, it's not just quick, it's also powerful. And it's not, not as sharp as a two-edged sword, it's sharper. In other words, whatever bondage or lies or inhibiting factors or strongholds of anxiety, the Word of God will cut it away, deal with it. Is not my word like a fire? Is not my word like a hammer? Is not my word sharper than a two-edged sword? For the Word of God is living and powerful. It goes into this because it's in relationship to God's rest. You can't, you can't go, mm, there's a place of waiting on God and soaking, all right? But I know that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the Word of God. For the Word of God is living and powerful, sharper than any two-edged sword. It's so sharp it pierces even to division of soul and spirit and joints and marrow. That is a sharp sword. And as a discerner of thoughts and intents of the heart. You know, <clears throat> you go, I struggle to read the Bible. And there's a reason why you do because the enemy has worked over time to make sure you struggle with it. If you struggle with the Word, you'll struggle to enter His rest. You've got to see past your struggle and see the results. You've got to see that when you start to engage the Word consistently, the eternal Spirit of God says yes to the Word of God and you start to assimilate the divine nature inside of you. It says that we are partakers of the divine nature through the knowledge of Him. And I don't mean just reading it like there's a time, <clears throat> there's a time to get the outline. Systematic theology can be useful and it can be useless. I've seen it quite useless for people. Oh, my doctrine, blah, blah, blah. I said, like, you know what? <coughs> Your life is, is not a great witness. I, you know, I get up here and I speak into a microphone you know, quite often, obviously. But unless I can make it work, forget about it. People are looking at it. They, they hear what you say, but they go, does this stuff work for these people? It actually says, in regards to leadership, it says, consider your lead, look at your leaders, consider the outcome of their conduct. If they can't make it work, how are they teaching you to make something work that doesn't work for them? I... I I take, and this is a sort of a, whoops, here we go. It's raining inside. Okay. <coughs> Supernatural. All right. So, <laughs> garlic rain? All right. So, anyway, so I, <laughs> I, I take, the, Paul says he delights in his weakness. Do you know what? I didn't put myself here, I didn't build this church. I know it. I have my part to play, I cooperate with, with destiny. But I'll tell you what I do know. I know I can't change myself. 
I give myself over to the Word of God all the time. I can't change myself. I can't change myself. And I understand what it is to give myself over to God's Word. It actually, the rubbish in my life, it exposes, it's a mirror, but then something happens. I wanna, and again, I've shared this with the interns and I said it a little bit Sunday afternoon last week. Don't just read the Word of God. I, I challenge you in this season to get either a passage of Scripture or a promise through Scripture itself. And I want you to look it up, what it means in the Greek, what it means in context. And then I want you to read it. Now, I don't want you, the Lord wants you to read it out loud hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Now, this is, this is where what happens is with the Word of God, this is the, with the Word of God, you're going, the world is falling apart and you want me to read a book? It's not about that. So that's the paradox. But we've got revival. Revival comes from the realm of God, the abode of God. Angels aren't getting tired. God's not getting tired. He's, he's the ancient of days. He's not the decrepit one. Feeling sorry for the Lord, you know? Needs to moisturise more. You know, like it's not like that. <laughs> Book of Revelation. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Todd, behave. Anyway, so it's, it, <laughs> there's something about the Word of God and you know what I do? Because there's more, there's very little in the Bible about reading it. But there's so much about eating it and meditating on it. So much, <clears throat> almost mechanically. Oh, but I like the narrative and I like the chronolo chronological narrative and I like the, great. But take a part of Scripture and hold it till it confronts you. And once it confronts you, do it the next day and the next day. Spend 10 minutes, spend half an hour, spend two hours, I don't care. But the quicker you do it, the quicker things change. Guess what starts to happen? And it'll take weeks, not months and years, weeks, if you do it. All of a sudden you realise, I'm in the Spirit. I can speak from this place and I have a calm assurance when it says I'm seated in heavenly places, I'm not lying on a mattress or a couch. I'm actually on a throne. I'm blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. And it feels like rest. Jesus is in the boat. Jesus, don't you know we're perishing? The waves are crashing over. And He goes, little faith, shut up. Rebukes it, rest. That is the place where re revival is birthed from. That's the place where the dead are raised. That's the place where we start to see the gushes from the ancient wells quickening bodies. When we exalt the Word of God, the Spirit of God, Jesus and the Father, He starts to do His work. It's prescriptive. Yes, it's a good teaching. Yes, it's from the Lord, but unless we do it, when I start to engage the Word, it confronts me. I'm gonna make a guarantee, and I've, I've said this to the interns already. If there are demons around your life, hypothetically, and you start to engage this, they'll come out and visit. Hello, what have we got here then? Hello, Governor. 
And when you start to read the Word of the Lord, guess what will happen? It might be okay for a while, but there'll be a point where you feel terrible. Congratulations, you found the spirits trying to destroy you. You're now in a war. Don't worry about it. People go, I feel, when I read the Bible, I feel condemned. <laughs> Sorry, Muttley, Muttley laugh. Okay. <laughs> it's like, do you know what? You feel condemned, you stay in it, the sword of the Spirit will cut that demon off. We are called to fight the fight of faith. The enemy is terrified that people fall in love with the Logos and have a deep experience with the Spirit of God, the pneuma of the Hagios pneuma, the Holy Spirit. If the season we're coming into, it needs it. And what happens you, in that eternal realm is where you have dreams. In that eternal realm is where you see visions. In that eternal realm is where you, t- you touch power. That eternal realm. I'm on the phone this morning. Uh, uh, um, I was speaking to someone who's had dreams regarding this coming week. I spoke to Adam from America last week. He had a dream uh, uh, last week in another part of the world about what was happening this week. It would behoove us to, to go, do you know what? The enemy's defeated. I have to be in God's rest. And from that place, from that place, ruling with the Lord, I'm all for foot soldiers, street witnessing, going for it. We're not talking, I'm not, I'm not, I don't believe God's calling anyone into, a, into an ivory tower, but a place where we actually live from that. You know, when you have a look at that superior dimension and you look at all the things, I, I, again, this, the, the most obvious reason is the Moon to Minds Church that's not in a time space thing, that's outside of time and space. The people that built that church and saw outpouring, as soon as they got promoted, they saw you guys. They saw you. And they're like, wow, you get to continue on their legacy. Is that amazing? From the bell to the white horse to, to it's amazing. It's because in that timeless dimension, He's pre-prepared works for you to walk in. And it says, God has ceased from His works, so you enter His rest. This is why it says God designates, or the word is limited to today. Today is a synonym for now. Now is a synonym for the Spirit. The Spirit is a synonym for His rest. His rest is a synonym for eternity. There is not time in heaven like we understand it. God knows the end from the beginning because He's already there. Put up the last scripture, please. Let us therefore be diligent to enter that rest, lest anyone fall according to the same example of disobedience. Friends, this is where you're being called to in this season and to stay there. The world without the church stepping up and shining the light, the world will get darker. And we can only shine the light from that place of rest. So the paradox is be diligent to enter the rest. From that place of rest, let it be according to your faith. Jesus said, truly I say to you, if you command the mountain to be uprooted and cast into the sea and do not doubt in your heart, those things you say will come to pass. You'll have whatever you say. Therefore, whatever things I say to you, whatever things you pray for, or when you ask for and you pray, believe you've already received them, you'll have them. Interesting, it's a mountain. 
Can you imagine a company of people so in the spirit, in the place of rest, they speak to the mountain of government, the mountain of media, the mountain of culture, because you start to lean into that place of God, the abode of God, and He speaks through you. And so we have to be in this season diligent to enter His rest. I'll tell you what, I love the Word of God. God is training our hands for war, our fingers for battle. I, I challenge people in the Lord as spiritual family, start to set time apart to obsess over the written Word of God. Everything you're called to do is still on the table. Be diligent to enter that rest. Who feels a hunger for the Word of God? Come on, because it, it separates. I can't, I can't, I mean, I tell funny stories, amen. But so what? It's just to keep you interested. <laughs> just to keep you, uh, to illustrate a point, it's the Word of God that brings life. And I meditate on it, I meditate on it. Is it healing? Is that your promise? Well, I haven't been healed yet. Well, what happens on the journey? It says a spirit of a man can sustain him through sickness. Merry heart makes good luck in medicine. So you're on the journey. Beloved, I pray above all things you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So He'll sort you out on the way until you get your manifestation, but you've got to stay in that promise. That's how He does it. Even I'm thinking amen. All right, come on. Can we put on the pads, please? Holy Ghost. <laughs> Soldiers came back. <clears throat> oh. Oh, yeah. If you throw yourself into this, in a month's time, you'll look in the mirror, you won't recognise yourself. I can tell you out of timeless dimension, the Spirit. And here's encourage, be very encouraged, you can't change yourself because most of you have tried and failed. <laughs> There's no new leaf in the Bible. I've looked under many, just the tree of life. It says we give ourselves over to the transformation through the renewing of our minds. But not only that, we come into that place of rest. Okay. Well, Holy Spirit, thank You. Thank You for a spirit of revival. We look to it. We believe it. We're standing in it. We're carrying it. But I thank You from faith to faith, glory to glory, faith to faith, glory to glory. Right now, Holy Spirit, I thank You for the realm of rest. I thank You. It's the realm of ruling and reigning. I thank You. Heaven is full of joy. There's not one furrowed brow in heavenly realms. I thank You, Lord, there's so many amazing things happening in heavenly dimensions that we right now today, we renounce unbelief and we renounce anxiety and we renounce worry. We give it to You, we crucify it and we thank You for that realm of the Spirit where revival manifests. Bless us to our bodies.
what I said. You start getting into it and you start feeling bad. Identify the feelings and back engineer it to something. Bind it in the Name of Jesus and get on with it. Otherwise, those things are locking you into a place. Thank You, Holy Spirit. Who's excited about this season manifesting? Seriously, isn't it amazing what God's doing? 